What's going on, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the State of the Nova Nation podcast from VU Hoops. I'm Emma Houghton, he's Pat Zhang, and wow, Pat, it has not nearly been as long as we thought it would be. Wish we were coming to you under different circumstances, but we do have a special episode today. We are joined by very special guests and previous co-hosts, Chris and Eugene. We are obviously coming to you on the day after, two days after at this point while you're listening, Jay Wright's shocking retirement. It is reverberating across college basketball. It's reverberating across all of sports. Not really sure how we're even going to go about this because there are obviously so many thoughts and not even enough words. But Pat, why don't you start it off? How are you feeling right now? Coming back to the podcast, obviously, because less than two weeks ago, we were recording our season seven finale. Yeah, well, first off, welcome, Chris and Eugene. You know, so so happy to, to have you guys on. Um, second, wow, that off-season break really lasted a long time. Feel super refreshed and ready to get back into it. But no, of course, we had to do this. Um, it, listen, it was stunning on Wednesday night seeing the news came through. It was so stunning that when Shams was the first one to tweet it, I clicked on his account to see if it was a fake account that had popped mm. up onto my Twitter feed. Um, I know we're all kind of going to go into Jay at, at his legacy there, but, uh, co- you know, completely stunning and w- was really shocked to uh, to see it come out like it did. I think I told you this too. I fell for the Jay Wright retirement April Fool's Day. I was joke. thinking about you when this came out on Wednesday night. <laughs> I so, so was, did I. Yeah, right. Mortified so that I yeah. fell for that joke. And then less than a month later, it actually happened. So yeah, Chris and Eugene, thank you guys so much for coming on. We're obviously so excited to have you to have you. Wish it was under different circumstances, but why don't you guys talk a little bit about where you were when you found out and what you first thought when you found out? Yeah, just first off, uh, thanks for having us on. Chris, I don't know about you, but if there were ever circumstances where we would come back to the show, this was definitely not the one I was expecting (laughs) at all. Completely bonkers. No, not at all. Remember back in October, our our going away episode, and uh, if you would have told me then that we'd have an extra Final Four and a Jay Wright retirement, I would not have believed you. Not one bit. bit. Um, But... uh, to Emma's point there. Funny enough, uh, Eugene and I were actually on the phone with each other <laughs> yeah. as this was, was going down. No uh, way. Eugene's driving in the car and he calls me and we're having like a little bit of like connection issues, whatever. You know, Eugene's in a uh, bad service zone or whatever. So we finally get back uh, together. And then next thing you know, he's like, yeah, Jay Wright might be retiring. He's like, yeah, the people are texting. I'm like, no, this has to be fake. Like, this is like the April Fool's joke. It's a joke. joke. Mm-hmm. It's a joke. No big deal. And then Eugene's like, no, nah, no, nah, it's happening. So you know, we look up the uh, Twitter pages while he's driving and there's Shams' tweet. And we're like, yeah, we kind of saw this uh, c- coming a little bit, Eugene. You want to go into that a little bit? Sort of, kind of, not really. <laughs> I, don't, I don't even, I don't even know anymore. I honestly don't remember what happened <laughs> before April. I just, it was so funny because Chris and I were on the phone and we were having issues, but I saw my phone was just blown up. And then finally I pulled over and I was like, all right, I need to see what's going on. And just as Chris said, I, I couldn't believe it either. I thought it was kind of a joke. Even when Shams reported it and first had it out there, I was like, that's kind of weird. Like, I don't know about that. But then you start seeing the multiple reports to help corroborate it. And then I got a few other text messages. They're like, yeah, this is not a drill. This is the real deal. Uh, Chris, mm-hmm. you know, it, it was funny that we were both on the phone. And then uh, you were like, man, 
I hope State of the Nova Nation is doing something about this. And then, <laughs> boom, Pat, Pat Nemo gave us the open invite, and, and here we are talking about yeah. it. <laughs> yeah, no, I can't. Uh, thank you guys a lot for having us back on. Really appreciate it. But, yeah, it was just funny how that all went down. And, like, I don't know. I, I kind of get the sense in the fan base right now that it, it's not sitting well with people for various reasons. But one of the reasons is because Shams tweeted it out and was like, he's like, thinking of retiring and then like two minutes later oh yeah he's yeah, retired. yeah. I, I, and I think that was a little uh, jarring to some people because it was just like it was so sudden like but I mean obviously the whole thing is sudden but just to go from he's thinking of retiring to he's retired within a two minute span was just like yeah that that was a lot to take in yeah that's actually a really good point because it started off as speculation it was not a Jay Wright is retiring period tweet it was a there are thoughts going around that Jay Wright might be contemplating retirement. And then it was Eugene, like you said, the John Rothstein tweets and the John Fanta tweets, which is awesome for John Fanta becoming that type of report. Dana O'Neill did the same thing. Jeff Goodman, Matt Norlander, all those guys all of a sudden are confirming that it's true. So I actually think that's a really good point because when it was just musings, you think, okay, maybe it's the age. Hopefully everything is okay. Health wise, no, illness scares all of that stuff that I think everybody's mind immediately goes to and then to realize it was already done and it had been a Mm. private matter I understand why people were shocked upset hurt I was I felt blindsided I didn't even know what to think my phone was blowing up same like you said Eugene it was just kind of an out-of-body experience to see it all happen so quickly yeah, out-of-body experience is a, is a good way to put it there. And I think Norlander, it's really interesting to see the timeline that that he was starting to uncover there where it, it sounds like Jay had made this decision a little while ago, you know, through the season, maybe in March, mm-hmm. maybe, maybe before that, and then kind of took these couple weeks after the season to mull it over, discuss it with Father Peter and, and, and Villanova basically as a whole there with Mark Jackson as well. And, and of course, it, it came out on, on Wednesday night, probably not the way Villanova wanted to, but yes. it came out uh, as it did on Wednesday night. So it's kind of interesting when you start to piece that timeline together as well. And I think that's part of why it was so sudden. Yeah. And of course, the final four it coming, I think it was 16 days after Villanova lost to Kansas. It was just an interesting timeline. And now people are doing what they do, which is going back and combing through all of his press conference and trying to glean little things out of that, which I don't think is ever necessary. But um, I think I'm interested in how you all think. I'm sure people have done their fair share of reading about this, about how it is or may not be a coincidence that Roy Williams, Jay Wright, and Mm -hmm. Mike Krzyzewski are arguably three of the best head coaches in the history of college basketball have all retired within the span of a year of each other. So Eugene, I'll ask you first, what are your thoughts on that? Do you think it's a coincidence? Is there anything behind that? I don't, I don't know if there's a real pattern between the three. I mean, I know that there are the jokes here and there that like Jay saw Roy Williams at the final four and he was like, Oh, life is great. Retired. (laughs) I I really don't think that's the case. I, I just think it, it just, that's just how the tips fell. Um, it's still very shocking. It's still very crazy. Big shout outs to Jay though, for taking not the retirement tour and, and taking yes. the champagne and campaign route, just kind of bowing out low key and, and doing it in the most Jay way possible. Just, you know, no attention on me end of the season, even with the end of year banquet last night, he still didn't want to put the attention on himself. He just bowed out and, and did it his way. 
It's impressive. I mean, we had, we had coach K, excuse me. And we had Tom Brady who (laughs) pretty much they they took the spotlight upon (laughs) themselves and made it about them. And then of course you're seeing Jay Wright who could not be doing it any differently. And this is exactly his MO. It's disappointing that he can't get the sort of recognition that he deserves. And of course that's coming off the court anyways, but yeah, it's a very interesting contrast between those two other guys. It is. And it is interesting because I know it's going to get discussed and it'll continue to grow on how much does the transfer portal and NIL and how much college basketball has really shifted, you know, over the past year affected these guys for Roy. I think it was coming, you know, for, for retirement. And I don't know how much of a role that played in. I do wonder how much it played for Kay and how much it played for Jay where College basketball is going undergoing a completely seismic shift right now. The game is changing from the inside out with all these different things. And for a job that's already so exhausting and so involved to now have to deal with having to re-recruit your players every single year, to look to, to recruit new players every single year, to be involved with the, the financial aspect of it as well, it has to be so exhausting. For a coach like Jay that it seems like was going through these Thoughts of, hey, maybe, you know, I'm tired. I'm going through all these things. How much longer do I want to do this? I wonder if that was enough to kind of push him over the top and and send it to a younger coach, someone that we'll talk about in a little bit, but uh, and see how much it played in there. Yeah, Pat, I kind of agree with your line of thinking there. Like Eugene and I had like a couple of discussions about this before. And it's just like, I think the COVID year too took a lot out of people like just coaches in general. And you can just tell, like, I'm not speaking for Jay Wright at all. And I am not trying to speculate on why he retired at all, but like, and I would like to hear it from the horses now that's as to why, but like, he just seemed so tired. He just seemed tired. Like I'm sure you, I think you guys talked about it, but he was on that Mike Francesa podcast and listening to him there. He sounded so just exhausted, mentally drained. Now, obviously you had the Justin Moore entry going on there. And I think that took a lot out of him too, but he just, it was just like, he was just like, he sounded done and like, not in like a bad way. He's just like, man, I'm just, I'm just tired. And the man's Mm -hmm. tired. So then the next logical thing is to retire. And I'm happy he did went on top. And like you guys said, with the whole no retirement tour, very uh, appreciative of that, especially after being a Yankee fan. Um, <laughs> seeing two years, two years of retirement tours with uh, Rivera and Jeter, it was like, you know what? Let's let's do this. Uh, no pun intended, the right way. Mm. Get it done with and go out on top with your final four. You know, you brought, I think he also kind of stuck it out too because you got Colin and Jermaine hanging yep. around. And I think that was another uh, key thing to kind of go out with them. So yeah, I, I think you're you're onto something there, Pat. Yeah. And with yeah. That, yeah, exactly. And, and you look at it too. So we say the NIL, you know, 21 years, obviously at Villanova, more years at Hofstra on top of it. He has won everything and run won everything multiple times. We add in the NIL, we add in the transfer portal stuff. You also add in that next season was going to be a refresh anyway, kind of for the program and transition timing wise. If you're going to do it, say in the next couple of years, when you look at all those factors now kind of makes sense. So I, I think just as you piece it together, the initial shock is obviously very striking, but when you start to look at it more and more, I, I can see why. And as, as you said, Chris, I'm really happy. He went out on top. He goes out with a final four and, and we get to start new. Yeah. And it's refreshing. And so this is the thing that I've been rehearsing in my head all day because I feel very strongly about it. And I was excited to talk about it. I don't, I'm not sure why we can't, Say all of those points that you and Chris just said, Pat, and leave it there. I'm not sure why we as a society, as a college basketball consuming society, 
have to take it the next step and say that Jay Wright's retirement is an indictment on college basketball. Mm -hmm. And the college basketball landscape is ruining coaches. And that's why Roy Williams left. And that's why Coach K left. And that's why Jay Wright left because they don't like the way it currently sits. I understand that the transfer portal makes it different. Re-recruiting players is not something that these coaches quote unquote signed up for. NIL adds an entirely new aspect. Pat and I joke about it all the time. It's the free agency, college football and college basketball. (laughs) It's turned into free agency and it's not even really a joke. It literally is. But I'm just not sure why we can't list off Jay Wright's accolades knowing that he is stepping down at basically the highest you can step out. People were talking about him being the face of college basketball without Coach K and Roy Williams if he had stayed longer. Why can't we just leave it at that and say this guy deserves a break? Why do we have to take it a step further and say, man, this this profession is too demanding. It's too chaotic. It's too exhausting. It's too much. It's ruined now. And who's going to take over? That's just that specific point hasn't sat well with me because it's an indictment on the players. It's the indictment Mm. on the way that the players are handling themselves within this new landscape of NIL stuff and transfer portals. And obviously none of us have spoken to Jay Wright. We have no idea what's going on behind the scenes, but I hope that people pump the brakes a little bit on questioning the future of college basketball, just because Jay wanted to retire. Maybe it was just a personal. (laughs) Yeah. It's definitely, I don't think it's ruined for sure. As you're saying, it's definitely different. Um, And we'll, we'll see how that, that continues to play into it. I know we, we kind of want to move along uh, on here. So I'm interested and I I think this could be a a good point for us. It's difficult to do, but I think for the four of us, whoever wants to take this first, when you think of Jay Wright and you think of the legacy he leaves at Villanova, how would you sum it up? Mm. Chris and Eugene have to go first. Yes, I agree. You guys have been covering it for so long. To me, honestly, when I think about Jay Wright and I think about his legacy, obviously the, the titles and the wins, they, they come first. You know, that's, that's kind of what you think of, the reaching the mountaintop in 2016, 2018, all the Big East tournament titles, all the Big East regular season titles along the way, just building a, a blue machine power right there on the main line. Sure, you know, to the point where, like, it felt like 10 years ago, Blue Blood was like a dream. It was like in another atmosphere. It was in another stratosphere. But Jay Wright made everything kind of possible. And he did it in a way that was very unique. You know, for the longest time, what was it? Everyone was like, oh, how come Jay doesn't get one and duns? How come he doesn't do this? But then as we saw, the Jay Wright way works. You don't need one and duns. You need a strong culture. You need strong relationships. You need a strong tradition. And, and he built that over the years to the point where, everyone just started to trust him. Everyone started to fall in love with him and and what he had built. And it sucks because I think on one hand, I think part of the reason why it hurts so much is like, you think Jay's only 60. You could think Mm -hmm. like I was ready to go for another five to 10 years of Mm -hmm. this. Bring us Cam Whitmore and and whoever comes in the future. (laughs) But um, you know, all the more power to him to be able to walk away and enjoy his retirement on the Jersey shore at 60, spending time with his family just the way that he's always done everything. He's always been authentic to himself. He's always been authentic to his program, to his values and to his morals. Yeah. There was a 2012 season where things weren't mm. looking pretty, but he still stuck to his guts. He still stuck to what got him to where he was. And he's always been that way. And even when he's reached the summit, even when he's reached the, the mountaintop, 
he's still Jay. He, he's still, you know, he'll talk to anybody and everybody from the manager to the top players, to the old fan in the corner, to the young fan who's just starting to learn whoosh go and all the different cheers and all that to the seasoned reporter, the hoops in the house, to the young guys helping out view hoops, but also those student reporters on the Villanovan. He's treated everybody with respect. Mm -hmm. He helps, you know, he's a very approachable guy. He's, he makes everyone feel cool, whether or not, whether or not you are cool, he'll make you feel a thousand times more cooler than you are. And I just think his authenticity is just kind of what, what it will always stick with me, whether it's building the program, the way he's approached people and just related to people. That to me is kind of like that to me, that's his legacy. Just the way that he, he's always kind of held himself and the program. I'm not I sure anybody it. could have said it better than that. That's amazing. Yeah, oh, come on. Like, beautifully you, guys, you guys got it. You guys, you guys got it. Come on. <laughs> no, I was going to say three things. Um, winning class and culture. And mm-hmm. it, you summed up everything I wanted to say, Eugene, but he stuck to his way when it wasn't the proven way. He made his own path and he stuck to it so diligently. People hated the way Villanova play. They still do hate the way Villanova play because now they're just so damn good at it that it's annoying. They're that thorn in their side that will not make their own mistakes. Other teams have to beat them because Villa, Villanova will not beat themselves. And you don't build that type of culture overnight. That's not something that comes if you're feeling wishy-washy about it. That's something that you preach every single day. You get your players to buy into it. And it's because you're the type of leader that inspires these guys. And every single person who has been coached by, by Jay Wright has seemed to be completely inspired by him. You've seen the outpouring of support. The stuff that makes me laugh is that we have seen an insane amount of content. This is still reacting to breaking news. Just wait until Dana O'Neill writes her 10,000 word yeah, article about the history of Jay Wright. You know what I mean? There is so much more to come about the legacy of Jay Wright. This is just scratching the surface. So, yeah, I mean, I mean, you guys both put it beautifully there. I mean, I, I'll try and add a little bit to it. But um, as a fan growing up, I mean, like seeing like that 0506 team and like the four guards offense, like like you guys kind of alluded to it, like his perseverance to just stick to his guns and, and his confidence in himself and his culture and what he's established, like with the four guards, like everyone was like, why are you doing this? It's like, well, we kind of have to, but like, they're like, why? Like you could, you know, play, play bigger. You have to do that. And then he kind of reinvented college basketball with that. He re- mm-hmm. uh, you saw a lot of four guard offense. Then with this 15, 16 team and, and, sub- and subsequent, subsequent teams from there on out, you know, the three point barrage, like all like, three, three point shooting was, you know, it, it was known, but like they took it to the next level. They became very analytical in that sense. Something that, you know, like the Warriors are like the equivalent of in the NBA, just shooting all those threes. Like, and he's like, yeah, we're going to shoot threes till we die. Like, shoot them up, sleep in the streets. It mm-hmm. literally was the motto for years. And that 17, 18 team with all that talent really took into the next step. But he's like, you know what, we're going to do this and it's going to work. And guess what? It worked. And that's what he did. He's like, all right, we're going to get guys who are going to be here three to four years. We're going to develop into them and to fit the roles we want them to fit. And guess what? It worked. And mm-hmm. he stuck with that. And I, and I enjoy that perseverance. I enjoyed watching it through all these years. And, you know, uh, Eugene kind of alluded to it with like the 11-12 season. Everyone wanted him fired. I was, we were expecting to go to Villanova with a new coach <laughs> as a possibility. And, I, and, and so to see him kind of overcome like any mistakes he thinks he might have made, you know, with the, with the recruiting and whatnot, and then to just kind of change 
the culture that he already established is just amazing. And to, and then obviously bringing the two national championships home and various biggies titles home and various final fours and, and all the great moments in college basketball history. So, I, I mean, what else can be said, honestly? Yeah. Yeah, I, I I love it. And for me, I, I've got three things too where I look at it. First, to, to kind of understand his legacy, I think it's important to look at where Villanova was leading up to when he took over in, in 2001. Uh, Nova hadn't been to a Sweet 16 or better since 1988. Since he takes over, the rest is history. Basically, 16 NCAA tournaments, 520 wins, 21 years, eight Big East regular season titles, five Big East tournament titles, four Final Fours, two national championships. Of course, the winning is, is such a huge part of it. I think of all the great players that he not only recruited, but then turned into the best versions of themselves from Foy to Ray to Sumter to Nardi to Lowry to Scotty to Arch to Hart to Brunson to Bridges to Bay to JRE to Gillespie. So many more. You think of all the great, all the greats that have come through the main line while Jay was here. And then if I get on my Hamilton high horse here, Oh, um, please legacy <laughs> what is a legacy it's planting seeds in a garden you never get to see thank you yes. manuel miranda and why i say Bravo. that thank you Bravo. thank you and and why i say that is because of the infrastructure that jay wright has left behind here the davis center went up during his his tenure here that doesn't get built without him uh, you know a, a high class practice facility of course you have the Finneran pavilion go under the the massive renovation to become this beautiful new arena on campus you have those upperclassmen dorms that are gorgeous now and a huge part of recruiting to be able to get the basketball players into those really really awesome dorms you have all the construction that goes has happened across campus that fundraising does not happen without the success that jay wright has brought to this basketball program that has turned villanova into a national university and of course helped to mint it as a blue bud on the basketball program. And that is going to go on long after Jay Wright is no longer involved with this program. That is how I try and sum up his legacy. It is impossible to do so, but heck that's at least the attempt at it. Yeah. It's, it's pretty remarkable. I think I, I, I'm, I'm emotional. All of you guys said that so perfectly. Um, I think the last thing you said, Pat is the perfect way to segue because there are obviously a lot of swirling thoughts mm. and you shouldn't, you, you shouldn't be faulted for wondering what Villanova's future looks like because Villanova and Jay Wright have been synonymous for 21 years. So it is okay to be worried about what this future looks like. Luckily, Jay Wright gave his endorsement. Father Peter gave his endorsement. The list goes on and on. The players themselves, oh my God, about how good this program, or let me restart that. How good of hands this program is in because Kyle Neptune is taking over. I love the hire. I, I'll, I'll hop in first on it. I'm uh, I'm quite excited for it. I mean, you look at Villanova, and again, if you look at the history of it, Villanova's had five coaches in 85 years. Yeah. I mean, is that not incredible? Just to think <laughs> about, you just think about the turnover we've seen in the Big East. You know, over the last decade, they've had five coaches in the last 85 years, and it's Kyle Neptune's turn to come in here. You know, I, I love Mark Jackson kind of talking about that they wanted a candidate who could navigate kind of the changing uh, landscape of college athletics, which we talked about. And, and Jay Wright, you know, gave quotes about the X's and O's nature and the recruiting mm -hmm. that Kyle brings in there. You, you look at what Kyle just did at Fordham, you know, what a season he had at Fordham. Be, you know, with a 16 and 16 season, that is a big deal at Fordham. Uh, you know, that they reached the A10 quarterfinals for the first time since 07. They were the 41st ranked defense, according to Ken Palm, in the country coming in at Fordham. And I believe he recruited a four star recruit 
to come in to the Bronx as well. That is not an easy feat for that. Kyle Neptune, of course, you know, he has the experience at Villanova eight years and as, as an assistant, also cut his teeth at Niagara. Shout out to the Mac and the Purple Eagles uh, to come in there. Um, I, I'm all behind this hire. Yeah, to just kind of put a little more on that Fordham job, like, you, have, you know, if you're, if you're not, as a New York guy, I just want to say, Fordham, <laughs> if you're not familiar, it's kind of been a wasteland. It's kind of been, let's throw whatever mm-hmm. we can at the wall and let's see what sticks. What Neptune did, 16 and 16, was very impressive. This is a program that has had seven different coaches since 2000. And oh Pat just put it out there how much Villanova has had pretty much for the entirety of its program. Yeah. Two totally stark contrasts. And yet Neptune was able to get Fordham rolling in a good direction. He did get a four-star recruit, Will Richardson. I, uh, I honestly like the hire. I've met Neptune a couple of times on the recruiting trail. He's just a, re- a really cool dude. I could see why recruits connect with him so well. And that's kind of been one of his fortes and one of his strengths, just the way that he's able to just connect with recruits and, and attract them and, and get them, you know, in tune with the Villanova program before they come to the main line. I have complete faith in him. He was an assistant for a while. I know that some people are definitely uneasy and I totally understand. I, everyone has a right to be, but I'm, I'm a big wait and see guy. And I think we're, I think good things are in store. Mm. Even if it might take a year or two or mm-hmm. whatever, how long it takes, I, I think Neptune's got it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm kind of, I'm in the same boat too. Like, he comes from the Jay Wright school of coaching. And I just feel like he's just going to come in and, and do more of the same. I'm not saying it's going to be an apples to apples comparison, but I feel very confident in the fact that it was a guy like a handpicked guy by Jay Wright, who is familiar with the culture and whatnot. It's not some outsider coming in from, I don't know, like Pac 12 or something, something like that. I appreciate that it's relatively in-house and it's, I mean, we've, you guys brought up the full Fordham turnaround already I mean, that's very impressive in such a short time. And funny enough, though, when I was on, when we were on the phone together, Eugene and I, uh, we were like, oh, who's going to replace him? And I was like, oh, actually, Howard just got fired. He might yeah. be back in the, the that little. And then actually, yeah, yeah, they actually did hire one of his former assistants. So, I, I mean, look, I'm very, very happy with the hire. Um, and like Eugene, let's just wait it out. Like everyone's panicking and like already like throwing their hands up in the air and saying Cam Whitmore's leaving. Like let's let's pump the brakes just just a little bit. Um, and we can get into that too. But uh, yeah, it's I'm I'm thrilled with it. I think he'll instill the same values Jay had and whatnot. Keep the recruiting and player development process the same. So uh, I'm I'm happy. Yeah, I'm I also Cam Whitmore thing. Oh, sorry. Yeah, Emma. I was just going to say, I don't think we should let our expectations get as high as Hubert Davis and what he Hmm. just did for UNC, but they are as big of shoes to fill uh, for John Shire at Duke and Hubert Davis as UNC, if not more because of the suddenness of Jay Wright's exit. But yeah, the last question, we'll we'll end off with this. Obviously, the next question is, it's, it's how will Kyle Neptune even attempt to fill Jay Wright's shoes? And it's how will this team look different, if at all? without Jay Wright. <laughs> Pat, you want to start how you feel? About <laughs> this? Wow. You gave the me the, the, the re- really tough yeah, one to, uh, to go into for, I'll, I'll try to go through the roster real quick. Cause I know, I know we're running out of time. The positive here for the current roster is that Kyle Neptune has only been away for a year. Kyle Neptune yes. was a main recruiter for most of these guys 
that are on this roster right now. There's a familiarity there. That is a good thing. When it gets into the recruits, it can get a little more murky with that class coming in. Of course, they were probably familiar with him because when Villanova started recruiting them, of course, they weren't the ones to finish the job. That was more Dwayne Anderson. Um, That's something to watch. It's a wait and see approach. No one really knows there. Um, as Eugene said, we just, we just kind of have to see, see what happens, but you, you look at stylistically Fordham shot a, a lot of threes. They played good defense. You, you know, the fits of the continuity there. I'm, uh, I'm excited to see what Neptune can do in year one. Yeah. Sounds like a lot of similarities. And also what you said, people should definitely realize Neptune has been lauded already for his recruiting ability. What people keep saying is underrated is the X's and O's stuff. Mm -hmm. So you would think that that is now what can shine. And he theoretically has the recruiting pretty much tucked away along with a ton of player endorsements, both players that have played under him and those who just know him as a really good guy. Yeah, just quickly wanted to add a silver lining on the Cam Whitmore stuff, because I know a lot of people are very worried about that. Um, A lot of it will depend on Dwayne Anderson, as Pat kind of touched upon a little bit, uh, just because... Dwayne Anderson was definitely the guy that mainly recruited him. And when I spoke to Cam after he committed, when well, I don't even remember what month that was. It feels like a, an eternity ago. But one thing that he was gushing over was just his relationship with Dwayne Anderson and, and how much that connection has really meant to him. Of course, Jay Wright as well. But so I, I think as long as Dwayne stays, I don't know. I think Cam does too. I don't, I'm not panicking yet. I know people are scared, but I just want to give a little silver lining for some people out there. I know, I've seen it on Twitter. People are definitely scared. I, I, I get it. I get it. You might have just saved some hope. Yeah, I like that. <laughs> Illinois fans are already like chalking up, and Kentucky fans are already chalking up to him like going there already. So I saw Indiana too. <laughs> one, but... <laughs> or maybe it was Indiana, not Illinois. Yeah, it was one of those guys. It was bizarre. Yeah, it, it, it's just like, uh, guys, he's still – Still ongoing over right now. So, okay. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and on Neptune too, too, it's like, you know, it's, it's not some random guy off the street. He's been right. through the golden era of Villanova basketball under Jay Wright. You know, he was there for both national championships. He had a little head coaching experience. Sure, it was only a year. He did pretty good job. Did a pretty good job in that one season. Was a longtime assistant before that. I, I like it. I like it. You know, we're, we're keeping it in house, and that's all you can. It's all you can ask for. It's all you can ask for. Yeah, I'm Rick Pitino. Yeah. <laughs> now that would have been a hire. <laughs> He's going to Fordham now. <laughs> he gave a nice little message about Jay, though. Nice little message. Yeah, I personally don't see a lot of culture shifts happening because it was an in-house hire, and I think if it had been an out-of-house hire, that's when all these questions. Would be yeah, 100%. Like Pat and I said, I mean, it is nearly, Pat and I have said this before, we're 23 years old. Jay Wright coached at Villanova for 21 years. So it is nearly impossible to encompass his legacy and what he meant to all of these people in the 30 minutes that the four of us talked on this episode. This is just the start of it. It's a, I don't, what's the, what's the proper word for this? Just a time to reflect on what he meant to each of us, what he meant to this program, what he meant to college basketball, and to hopefully relieve some concerns because the four of us seem to agree that Villanova is still in a pretty good place. Totally, totally. Yeah, sounds uh, – oh, go for it, Eugene. Oh, no, I just wanted to say uh, totally, uh, totally agree. Um, You know, just early on when we were kind of discussing the whys, didn't want to say too much. I'm actually going to go to the press conference with Jay and Kyle and Mark Jackson going to drive down from, from New York for Friday morning. So 
uh, keep an eye out for some content on view hooch. Hopefully we'll get a little more fill in the blanks there. Awesome. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I, first, uh, thank you guys for, for coming on for this. Thanks for having thank us. You, I mean, thank you for having us. Sir. You guys pulled it together. We just kind of rolled out of our pajamas. <laughs> no, <laughs> of course. We, we had to have you on for, for your perspective, but all right, that'll do it for us here. Then on the state of the Nova nation presented by VU hoops, as Eugene was saying, be sure to check out VUHoops.com for plenty of coverage on Jay Wright's retirement, Kyle Neptune coming in as the next in line and all the off season news you will need this season. Be sure to subscribe to the show, leave a rating and follow us on Twitter at S O N N pod Nova nation. Breathe in, breathe out once a wildcat, always a wildcat. And Nova Nation, that's a wrap.